Then, Prasanaha, being pleased, Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Pushkara Akshaha, Lotus Eye, Krite Yuge, in the Satya Yuga, Darshayamasa, showed. Tum, tum, to that Kardamamuni, to that Kardamamuni, Shatah, Ovidura, Ovidura, Shabdam, Shabdam, which is to be understood only through the Vedas, which is to be understood only through the Vedas, Brahma, Brahma, the absolute truth, absolute truth, Dadhut, Dadhut, exhibiting, exhibiting. Vapuhu, Vapuhu, his transcendental body, his transcendental body. Translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. Then, in the Satya Yuga, the lotus-eyed Supreme Personality of Godhead, being pleased, showed Himself to that Kardamamuni and displayed His transcendental form, which can be understood only through the Vedas. Please repeat. Then, in the Satya Yuga, then the, Satya Yuga the lotus-eyed Supreme Personality of Godhead, the lotus-eyed Supreme Personality of Godhead, being pleased, being pleased, Showed himself to that Kardamamuni. Showed himself to that Kardamamuni. And displayed his transcendental form. And displayed his transcendental form. Which can be understood only through the Vedas. Which can be understood only through the Vedas. Report by Shudamanabhat. Here, two points are very significant. The first is that Kardamamuni attains success by yoga practice in the beginning of the Satya Yuga when people used to live for 100,000 years. Kardamamuni attained success, and the Lord, being pleased with him, showed him his form, which is not imaginary. Sometimes the impersonalists recommend that one can arbitrarily concentrate one's mind on some form he imagines, or which pleases him. But here it is very clearly said that the form which the Lord showed to Kardamamuni by his divine grace is described in the Vedic literature, Shabdam Brahma. The forms of the Lord are clearly indicated in the Vedic literature. Kardama Muni did not discover any imaginary form of God, as alleged by rascals. He actually saw the eternal, blissful, and transcendental form of the Lord. Tabat Prasano Bhagavan, Pushkaraksha Krite Yuge. Darshayam asatam shataha, shabdham brahmadadhalvapuhu. Then in the Satya Yuga, the lotus-eyed Supreme Personality of Godhead, being pleased, showed himself to that Kardamamuni and displayed his transcendental form, which can be understood only through the Vedas. Mukam karoti bachalam bhangam lageti girim jatkripa dhamaham bhande so this is one of those amazing incidents described in the Bhagavad Purana where Krishna appears to a devotee and gives him his darshan. That is pretty fantastic. Um, you may not expect that that will happen to you anytime soon. 
course it may, but um, if it does, that's, that will be one incidence that is not mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. <coughs> that Krishna has appeared to you. Of course, he is appearing before us uh, constantly uh, in the form of the deities, Radha Krishna, Lord Nitai, Sita Ram, Lord Nishinga Dev, um, always. So he can be seen by us even with these uh, present senses, even with our mundane eyes, we can see the Lord. So that is to our benefit. The Lord is very kind that he agrees to appear in this form of the Archivigraha. And he does that to give his benedictions, his blessing to the devotees, and also to accept service from the devotees. The form of the deity is a very manageable appearance of the Lord. You can bathe him, feed him, dress him, uh, serve him in different ways without so much difficulty. So this is a very important feature of devotional service. Uh, taking darshan of the Lord and being able to serve him. And then one of the ways in which we uh, serve the deity of the Lord is through kirtan, by chanting his holy name. So that's very pleasing to the Lord, aside from the fact that it's also the Yuga Dharma. Iti Sodashakam Nam Nam Kali Kalmasanashanam. Chanting these 16 names of God, Hare Krishna and Rama, um, these 16 names, Iti Sodashakam Nam Nam, these 16 names, Kali Kalmasanashanam, the Nashanam, all the uh, Kali Kalmasam, inauspicious and pernicious effects of Kali Yuga are Nashanam, destroyed by this chanting of Hare Krishna. So we should never uh, underestimate the power of the Holy Name. And the Holy Name is so powerful that um, the Holy Name picks us up, extracts us from the muck and the mire of uh, the illusory energy and gives us a chance to engage in the service of the Lord. And the chaining itself is also a service. But that is not the only service, also. Someone may think, oh, well, I'm chanting Hare Krishna, I'm doing a lot of service. I'm chanting all day, I'm doing more service than you. But no, other things have to be done too. And this Srila Prabhupada clearly taught us <coughs> that we have to. Remember, uh, so many forms of devotional service in order to assist him and, and Lord Chaitanya in spreading this Krishna consciousness movement. So the chanting is service and other forms of service, like preaching, distributing books, uh, cooking for Krishna, cooking the prasadam that's being distributed to our guests, uh, cleaning the temple. Uh, just lately I've been engaged in so many things in relation to the actual building and grounds of the temple. Things in the restaurant, things in the kitchen, things in the back. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, there's a, right now a big pile of boga outside the boga room that I have to deal with. That normally I would deal with right now, but 
yeah. have class and do that at the same time. So there are so many activities that uh, are required to be performed in order to uh, maintain this Krishna consciousness movement and propagate it. And so, therefore, Srila Prabhupada used to say that uh, we must do the needful. We have to do that which needs to be done. And sometimes the things that need to be done are not the things that we might choose out of our own personal preference to be done. We may not choose that, but Krishna has chosen for us sometimes. Uh, he engages us in various ways. And we say, oh, I can't carry out the trash. That is not my psychophysical nature <coughs> to carry out the trash. Well, yes, but the trash needs to be carried out. It needs to be done. So it's not like we have Brahmins, Chatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras, and then the Brahmins can sit back and then let the Shudras carry out the trash. But everyone has to be engaged in Krishna's service and do the needful. Uh, and who amongst us will claim to be elevated to some high position anyway? We're all coming from basically the same stock, uh, the same background that is a foolish conditioned souls flailing about in the material energy, being rescued by Srila Prabhupada and, and picked up from the street uh, to be engaged in his movement. So whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. And then we need to be involved. And that is good for us, and it is good for um, the Krishna consciousness movement. Because after all, Sri Prabhupada did not simply spread this movement by himself, but rather he recruited devotees to assist him in doing the day-to-day -day work that needs to be done. So that is there. So um, here we see Prabhupada is speaking about um, that this success in yoga that's being described here in the case of Cardinal Muni, this was in the Satya Yuga. So we were hearing yesterday and the other day also, the last couple of days, um, and two days ago, Tool Prabhu was telling us that um, this meditation was what was going on in the Satya Yuga, and people would live 100,000 years and they would meditate for 60,000 years. Um, that is not the case now. So, how is it that we can attain perfection? Krita Yajayato Vishnu. In the Krita, 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 Krita Yuga, or Satya Yuga, in this verse here it said, Krita Yuga, in the Satya Yuga, and that Krita Jayato Vishnu, meditating on Vishnu, uh, that was the process of self realization uh, specifically for that age. So here, Karnava Muni has been meditating, and then Lord Vishnu directly appears to him. Uh, I was scanning this chapter, seeing if there was some further information, because the form of the Lord is described in the subsequent verses here very nicely, the personal form of the Lord, how he looks, how he's dressed, how his ornaments are, and we'll be coming to that uh, soon. 
um, if there was a specific incarnation of the Lord that appeared to him, but I did not find that. But it did say the Lord Vishnu uh, appeared to Cardinal Muni. So this is a similar, uh, it reminds me very much of the case of Dhruva Maharaj, who was meditating with the mantra Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, given to him by his spiritual master, Narada Muni. And then he got the darshan of the Lord also. Uh, although he was only a five-year-old boy, and generally one does not think of someone who's uh, perfected yoga practice as being a small child of such a tender age. Nonetheless, he was an extraordinary personality, Dhruva Maharaj, and extremely determined. Uh, he was insulted by his stepmother when he tried to climb on the lap of his father, Maharaj Uttanapada, the king. And the stepmother, who was one of the co-wives, prevented him from climbing up on the lap of the king because she was the favorite wife of the king. The kings had many wives. And um, his wife, his mother was a junior wife or not as important wife. So when he wanted to climb up on the lap of the king along with his brother, then the stepmother chastised him and said, no, said, you have not taken birth from my womb. Just imagine saying that to a child. <laughs> pretty tough, pretty tough queen there. Uh, therefore, you're not qualified, perhaps in a future life, but not this time. So he's Chatriya. Chatriyas are very proud and very determined, um, having a great martial spirit. And he did not take this lightly at all. So he asked his mother, you know, what's going on? What's up with that? How come I can't climb on the lap of my father? I said, well, it's true. You know, the... Your brother's, your uh, half-brother, his mother is a more favored queen, a prominent queen, so he can get away with that, and there's nothing I can do because your father favors uh, that other queen more so than me. Well, what am I going to do? He said, I, I can't, I'm not going to take this uh, stuff from anybody. You know, I'm Drew from Maharaj. I'm the son of the king. She said, well, um, Generally, um, if people have some difficulty in life, then they take shelter of God and they appeal for God's mercy. Okay, where do I find God? Well, it is said that great sages, they go search out God in the forest. So next thing you know, he's gone from the palace and he's out in the forest looking for God. And he comes across Narada Muni. And Narada Muni said, hey there, little boy. What you doing way out here in this deep, dark, fearful forest? All by yourself? He said, I'm looking for God. I have heard that God is found here in the forest by the great sages uh, and sadhus. So I'm looking also. He said, oh, well, you're just a little boy. Why don't you just go on home? He said, no, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here and I'm looking for God. Well, Narada Muni was like a little impressed, but he's, this kid's serious. So he began to instruct him in meditation and he gave him the mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So Dhruva meditated on that mantra and he was eating only a few little leaves, dried leaves, 
fruits or berries, and then he just was fasting completely and meditating. And um, finally the Lord appeared to him in his meditation, and he opened his eyes, and there's the Lord right in front of him. He was like, <clears throat> wow. He couldn't even speak. He was so dumbfounded by achieving the darshan. Uh, the direct personal darshan of the Lord like that. And then the Lord touched him on the head with his conch shell. Suddenly the light bulb goes on and he begins to offer his prayers. So one of the things, my favorite thing and perhaps the most famous of these things that Dhruva said is a prayer that's found in the Hori Bhakti Sulodaya. which is a Vedic literature that's extracted from the Puranas, according to the notes in my shloka book. There's a couple other verses that Prabhupada would quote from there. And um, the Lord was very pleased with Dhruva Maharaj, and he offered him a benediction. That now I have appeared before you to please you and satisfy you, and I want to give you a benediction, because... Dhruva Maharaj was aspiring not just for the darshan of the Lord, but he also had a he had a, a burning desire. Uh, and that burning desire was that he didn't just want to get up on his father's lap or attain his father's kingdom. And his grandfather was the Lord Brahma. He didn't want to attain his position or his kingdom. He wanted something greater than that. He wanted a greater kingdom than any kingdom of anyone. So he had he was meditating on Krishna in order to uh, fulfill that desire. Actually, in this section right here, the Vagratam, Kardamamuni is not just doing meditation only for meditation's sake. He's got a program too. And as we see, he'll be hitting the Lord up here in a few verses for what he wants. Um, and that is okay. Prabhupada said that really the business of a devotee is not to ask the Lord for anything. But if in the course of one's um, prosecution of Krishna consciousness, one has some desire to fulfill, then better to ask the Lord than someone else. Just like when Srila Prabhupada was a child, he and his younger sister, Baba Charini, later known to all the devotees as Pishima, uh, which means aunt, um, they were playing and they had a one kite. They were flying the kite. So they're trying to get the kite up off the ground into the sky to be carried by the wind. And they prayed to Krishna, Oh Lord Krishna, please make this kite fly. So this is an account that Srila Prabhupada gave, even though they were only children. Um, because they're great devotees, their inclination is to ask Krishna uh, to help them achieve their desired goal, in this case, to fly the kite. <laughs> but that is not ordinary children. God, please make my kite fly. So when the Lord appeared before Dhruva Maharaj, he said, all right, I know you have something in your heart, therefore I am prepared to offer you any benediction you desire. And Dhruva Maharaj offered this prayer uh, 
Stanabilasi tapasisti toham, tam prapta van devamunindruguyam, kachan viching manadidit yaratnam, swamin kritarto smivaram nayache. Druva said, Stani Abilasi, it's true I was desiring a very high position in the material world, and therefore tapasi stitaha, therefore I am situated in tapas, performing these severe austerities and penances. Aham tvam praptavam deva monindra huyam, that it is very difficult even for great demigods and saintly persons and kings to get your darshan like this. However, the truth is, he's saying, that kacham uh, vichinvam, I'm searching for shards of broken glass. Because he's comparing his material desires to just little pieces of broken glass uh, that you find in the street. That's what I was looking for. Api divyaratnam, although I have gotten you who are divyaratna. Divya means transcendental and ratna means jewel. So although I was just foolishly looking for these little pieces of junk glass, I've gotten the greatest jewel possible to be attained, which is the darshan of Lord Vishnu. Um, so he says, O oh my Lord, swamin kritarto smi varam nayache. Krit arto asmi, I'm fully satisfied Therefore, I do not ask any benediction from you. This is a very wonderful prayer. So he realized, what a fool I am. I'm trying to satisfy my material desires, but I've gotten the darshan of the Lord. Therefore, I'm no longer interested in any such material desires, because I have attained you, that divya ratna, that greatest jewel to be obtained. And then the Lord told him, well, that's all right. Thank you very much, but I know you still wanted something. So therefore, I'm going to give you a great kingdom. And he awarded him the Pole Star, also known as the North Star. And if you look at the night sky, because of the rotation of the Earth, all the stars are moving, appear to be moving, but there's one fixed point in the heavens, and that is the North Star. And everything rotates around that as a fixed position at the top of the universe. So um, the Lord awarded him that planet, which now is known sometimes as Druvaloka. And um, although situated within the universe, it's a spiritual planet. So he gave him a kingdom that's even greater than Lord Brahma. Because at the time of dissolution, uh, Lord Brahma's abode is destroyed, but Druvaloka is not destroyed. So it's a transcendental planet, a divya loka. So um, that is a very wonderful prayer, and it's a famous verse that Sri Prabhupada quoted, especially the last line, Swamin Kritartosmi Varam Nayache. That my Lord, I'm fully satisfied, and therefore I didn't want to ask anything from you. So there's another case where um, the Lord appears and he asks something from his devotee. And that is the case of Bali Maharaj uh, and Lord Vamanadev. So Bali Maharaj had conquered the universe 
taken it away from the demigods because he was the king of the demons, being the descendant of Hiranyakashipu and Pramod Maharaj. So when the Lord came to him in the form of Vamanadev, this dwarf Brahman, uh, he told him that it is the normal procedure that when a Brahmana comes before the king, then the king offers charity. So I would like to offer you charity, and you can ask for me whatever you like. So Lord Vamanadev very humbly submitted, and he was not very tall. Was a dwarf short fellow. He said, I will take, I will ask from you only three paces of land, three steps worth of land, according to the measurement of my step. So he looked at his short leg, and he looked at him. He said, You know, I'm the ruler of the universe. I can give you a whole planet, or I can give you a kingdom and villages. I can give you so many things. Um, why are you asking for only three steps of land according to those little footsteps you've got there? He said, no, no, no. He said, I am satisfied with, because I'm self-realized, I'm satisfied with whatever I can get. So he said, even if you were to give me the whole world, for one whose senses are uncontrolled, even having dominion over the whole material world would not satisfy him. Because one who is uh, driven by desire He's never satisfied, as Bhagavad Gita explains, that when one is filled with material desire and tries to satisfy it, it just burns like fire. And whenever you feed it some fuel, you give it something, then it wants more. You know, like a, like a dog, when you give it a little treat, it wants, the dog wants more. We have this experience with our dog, Abu. You give him a little treat, and he's, okay, that was good, where's more of no matter what you give him, he still wants more. He'll, he'll eat till he kills himself if you keep offering it to him. Uh, so for one whose senses are uncontrolled, even having dominion over the entire universe, still won't satisfy his desire because it burns. And he just wants more, he wants more, he wants more. And that is the nature of material desire. So therefore, in Krishna consciousness, we learn to not pay so much attention or feed the material desire. It will go its own way, but that is not our goal. Our goal is to satisfy Krishna, to satisfy the desires of the spiritual master in Krishna. And then automatically, we will become satisfied. That is the secret of success and satisfaction. If we try to please ourselves, we'll never be pleased. We'll always be lacking, we'll always be wanting, we'll always want more. But if we try to please Krishna, then we'll become fully satisfied and we'll not want anything, we'll not need anything. And this is the experience of devotees engaged in Krishna consciousness. The more you serve Krishna, the more you forget about whatever nonsense desires may be uh, badgering you deep within. And the more you become satisfied in the service of the Lord. Um, let's see, there's something else here I want to look at. Okay, so we, we were speaking earlier about how in the Satya Yuga, Kritaya Jayato Vishnu, the process is meditating on Vishnu. Kritayam uh, Yajato Makai, 
And in the Treta Yuga, there was the performance of great sacrifices. And these were big sacrifices with tons of ghee and grains and gold and jewels all offered in sacrificial performances by expert brahmanas and very expensive giant sacrificial arenas built very opulently out of marble. And this was the method for pleasing the Lord. And in the Dwarpa Yuga, the method for self-realization is deity worship. And again, that deity worship is extremely opulent uh, and fabulous and fantastic. It is on a different scale than our somewhat humble and simple deity worship here. Although the deity worship we do here is no less potent and purifying, even though it's not on the grand scale. But that was the process for that age, and the great kings uh, would sponsor and pay for all these sacrifices and engage the brahmanas in that way. So we can't do any of those things in this age. Therefore, kalota kirtana by chanting Hare Krishna, all the things that you could achieve in the previous ages, meditation in Sahya Yuga, performance of sacrifice in Treta Yuga, deity worship in Dwarpa Yuga, all those results that were gotten in those ages by those processes are very easily obtained in this age. Krita Yad, uh, uh, excuse me, Kalota Dhari Kirtana. Simply by Hari Kirtan, performance of the chanting of Hare Krishna. So good for us. We're not so fixed up like the sages in Satya Yuga who can meditate for 60,000 years. We don't have the big bucks like the kings in Treta Yuga. And we don't have all the facilities in Dwarpa Yuga, very opulent, giant palaces and opulent temples. Uh, but we do have Kalotakdarikirtana. We have our tongues and we have our ears and we have our enthusiasm to serve Krishna by chanting the holy name. And that is the recommended process. So I think we'll stop here and ask for any questions or realizations. Yeah. Who owns planet Earth? Who's the ruler of planet Earth? Who's the ruler of planet Earth? Well, originally, uh, the planet Earth, in days of yore, uh, was under the administration of one king. For example, Maharaj Yudhisthira. The whole battlefield of Kurukshetra was fought to determine uh, who was going to be on the throne of the Earth. Uh, and there were formerly many other great kings before him who were rulers of the earth, like Maharaj Bharata, uh, for whom India is, is known as Bharata Bhumi or Bharata Varsha uh, is named. So in previous ages, there was one government, one king, uh, who had influence over the entire earth. And there are many subordinate kings local kings, uh, kings and mayors and such things. Uh, but now it's a different situation. Now the whole planet is divided into many, 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 many different countries. And each country has their own uh, ruler or chief executive. Just like right now, our chief executive is in the news so much for being 
not qualified because the uh, most important thing that the ruler has to do is to serve the interests of the people. And in this age, as it's described in the 12th canto of the Bhagavatam, that the kings and the rulers and the leaders will become just like thieves, rogues, plunderers, who are simply interested in enriching themselves at the expense of the people. And the people will feel so much harassment from the government in the form of rules and regulations and taxes and fines and so many other things that they will flee to the forest to get some peace of mind, to become free from that harassment. So these things are going on. So currently, I mean, ultimately everything belongs to Krishna. And then Krishna has his representatives in the, in the material universe who carry out his plans and his programs for universal administration. So Lord Brahma is the demigod who's in charge of the universe. Therefore, he's known as Sureshwar, <laughs> Sura Ishwara, the controller of all the demigods. Sura means the demigods, Ishwara means the controller. So that name Sureshwar refers to Lord Brahma, is it not? Yeah. It was the, um, he's the chief among all the other demigods. So, and then there are various uh, other departments in the universe, like for example, Varuna is in charge of the oceans and the waters and the rivers, and Indra is in charge of the uh, rains and the skies, and Agni is the demigod controlling the fire, etc. So, um, but generally, in this age, no one is practically aware of any of these things, and they think that these things don't exist, and that you can just do whatever you damn well please, as long as you don't get caught. That is the mantra for Kali Yuga. Do whatever you want to do, just don't get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. So uh, things have deteriorated. But there is hope because the Krishna Consciousness Movement is meant to reform human society, educate human society, as to what the real business of the human being should be to render devotional service to the Lord, uh, become purified, elevated, and gradually free from the lower modes, and then ultimately to go back home, back to Godhead. That is our real business. But along the way, we want to purify society and educate everyone. Uh, and therefore, we request people, we please chant the holy name and read Prabhupada's books, and then take prasadam, chant Hare Krishna, associate with us, <clears throat> you will learn this great art of Krishna consciousness and perfect your life. Yes? She might have been referring to his name is what's in charge of the earth. Yeah. Well, there is a predominating deity for each planet. Yeah. And this, on this planet, it's Mother Bhumi, who appears in the form of a cow. Uh, and she is the predominating deity. And she went to Lord Brahma 5,000 years ago right at the beginning, uh, at the end of the Dwarpa Yuga, the beginning of the Kali Yuga, with tears in her eyes, saying there are so many rogue kings 
and rascals uh, with giant armies on, on the surface, on my surface, and they're creating great disturbance in them. They're so irreligious. They're disturbing the entire planet. Please do something about it. And at that time, Brahma uh, said, all right. So he went to the shore of the ocean of milk and he uh, prayed to the Lord and he received a message transmission from the Lord via the <clears throat> spiritual airwaves, which are not harmful to cause cancer like cell phone radio waves. <clears throat> and he received the message that, all right, I'm going to appear. Please ask all the demigods and your associates, take birth on the planet Earth as members of the Yadu dynasty, and I will appear in that dynasty. And then Krishna appeared in order to save the Earth. And he killed so many rascal kings, so many rogues, to relieve the burden of the Earth. And you could say, well, gee, where's Krishna now? I mean, you think it was bad then, Look at it now. Uh, but Krishna has appeared in the form, first of all, he came as Lord Chaitanya, and then simultaneously he has appeared in the form of his holy name to rescue the world <clears throat> from all the rogues and rascals. So, is Krishna just chanting the Mahamantra? Is that going to really eradicate all the struggle? And suffering in this yuga? It's the only panacea to counteract all the ills of this age. Kali Kalmasanashanam. All the pernicious effects are counteracted in the Kali Yuga. The Kali Yuga will go on. But if you want to perfect your life while living here in this Kali Yuga, then you become Krishna conscious by chanting the holy names. And then this movement will go on <clears throat> for some 10,000 years. Uh, and then eventually, at the end of the Kali Yuga, things will get so bad that the Lord will appear as Kalki, and he will cut off the heads with his sword of all the rascals, and then start again the cycle of Yugas, and the Satya Yuga will be uh, once again manifest. That's some 427,000 years in the future or so. As recommended, don't wait around for that and don't keep taking birth after birth after birth hoping you're going to catch it just at the right time. Better to be Krishna conscious now, go back to Godhead and let the Lord worry about all that. Yes? Um, Dripa Loka is such an odd planet. I've just recently learned that it's a spiritual planet in the material world. Um, is, is it say anywhere or worth mentioning um, what goes on there or um, I cannot say, but if you want to, you can take birth there, <laughs> and you will like it. It will be very nice for you. And then you could go from there to the spiritual world? Well, that is, it is a, a representation of the spiritual world within the material world. So when the material world is annihilated, that planet remains only within the spiritual atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, it's good. It's real good. Yes. And in the fifth canon, when uh, the universe is described, there's a little description of a Shishumar circle, and then uh, Jivaloka, 
It's kind of like an embassy, a spiritual embassy in the material universe. Yeah, just like if you go to some third world country and they have a United States embassy, it's like a replica of the United States. You go in there, they have air conditioning, they have a Coke machine, <laughs> they have everything, TV, so it's, it's the embassy. So there is all, they have the computer, and secure networks and everything. So um, Dhruva Loka is like that. You can go there and everything is you know, chanting, Ma Prashadam, Vaishnav Sangha, all good. Very good. Anyone else? All right, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Srila Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Yes. There's heavier that's what the Every spiritual planet has a predominant Vishnu deity. Right. Right. even like a lowly Shringadeva planet. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
This uh, this garland has made quite a mess. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm trying to stop it, but it's locked. I'll just see you there, friend. She said Saturday she gets 